is uh, lesson number seven on faith in action. How many know faith will change your world? How many know, you know, here's a, here's a common misconception as we were just sitting there and I was listening to the announcements. The thought came back to me again, you know, God, God does not respond to need. Now, this sounds completely, I'm going to use the word counterintuitive a couple of times today. Because how many know that's the way the kingdom of God is? If you want to go up, you got to humble yourself. If you want to receive, you got to be a giver. Huh? If you, if you want life, you got to die. I mean, it's just really strange. So, and so God doesn't respond to need. So you may be sitting here saying, well, i got a boatload of need. Doesn't God love me? Absolutely is endeared to you. But he doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. If you'll go through the Gospels and look, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as Jesus ministered to people, crowds followed him. But the person that was ministered to was the person that he saw that, that responded in faith. As you have believed, so be it done to you. A person that came to him for healing. According to your faith, let it be to you. I've mentioned this week after week. Here's a big crowd of people crowding up. And, but there was one woman that touched him with a touch of faith. And she received healing from a condition she had for 12 years. God doesn't, not, doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. There are people that have needs everywhere. And you know what? You know, God's called us to minister life and minister faith and minister love. And you know what? When people's faith rise up, God can say, I can meet that person. I can help that person. I can heal that person. I can lift that person up. I can set that person free from drug addiction. I can set that person free from alcoholism. I can lift them out of depression. But you got to lift your hand in faith. So that's, that's the New Testament really clearly. Jesus said with God all things are possible. He also said all things are possible to who? Him who believes. So how many want to believe? So we've been talking about faith. Again, Smith Wigglesworth, a, a wonderful English evangelist of yesteryear, who said it seems as though, um, he said it, it seems as though God would pass over a million people when you trust God, when you're in faith. He'll pass over a million people just to get to you. How many want to be that millionth person? So, well, you know, uh, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. But you know what? When you trust God, he comes through. So he's not looking. God doesn't look for need. Needs everywhere. We live in a fallen world. It's a negative environment. He does look for faith. When he sees faith, you know what? There's something happens. It pulls on, on his kingdom and he ministers life. So we've been talking about the importance of faith. We've looked at scripture in the New Testament that, uh, that bear the importance of faith. Again, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. That word walk, the Greek word literally means to conduct your manner of life from the time you get up to your time to go to bed or really all day long even while you're sleeping. You live this certain kind of lifestyle and it's a lifestyle that the Bible calls faith. Faith is a gap stander. Uh, something that stands until you receive what God promised you. So, uh, you know, this is a really weird illustration, but I've got, I've got several teeth in my mouth. This is really weird. That were capped. And so, you know, to cap the tooth, they take the old one out, right? Or they drill it down to the root. I know it's kind of weird, but... Uh, and then they put a replacement there that's temporary until the permanent cap comes, right? Well, that temporary is a gap stander. That's weird, right? Now, what does, that tell, what does that tell you? There's, there's co something coming that is permanent, but for the moment, I got this. And see, that's 
sort of the way faith, faith's a gap stander. It stands there while you're hurting, while the finances are not there, while the, while the circumstance is grueling, and it says, I believe God. I believe I receive. We're going to get into believe I receive today. I believe God is doing and has done what he promised. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it keeps you up while you're believing for what God promised you. Now, when I'm talking about faith, I'm not talking about somebody else. We're talking about you. So we're talking this series of faith. This is lesson number seven. The things that I'm talking about, they apply to us individually that your faith won't always work for somebody else. How many hear what I just said? So sometimes my faith works for someone else if I can get them to agree with me and believe, believe with me. And, and, and just help me along, but, but not always. And, and that's a whole other lesson in and of itself. Right now, I'm just talking about, I'm talking to you, an in, individual member of the family of God, or perhaps even a potential member of the family of God. Just some principles of faith. Uh, we've been talking the last several weeks. This is lesson seven. We've been talking the last several weeks. We've got, we've got uh, eight things you need to know about faith. We have covered five of them Faith is a gift given by Jesus. Faith can be increased by meditation and practice of the word. I've gone into detail on these things. They're on the website. Faith takes place of what can't be seen or felt until it shows up. We talked about that. Faith is never future. It's always present tense. And then last week, we talked about faith in words and how tied in uh, faith is with our words. There's no such thing as faith just floating up from our hearts to God independent of our words. And so if I'm not saying anything, I'm not believing anything. So we talked about that in fair detail last week. This week is number six. So I got to cover one point this week. Next time we'll get the last two, we'll be done with this series. Is that good? But today, number six, look on your sheet. The key to receiving by faith is to believe that you receive. Now that is important. Again, that's counterintuitive so I'm going to be sharing some things today um, and and this is not something I read in a book I, I got to tell you things I want to talk about today I've experienced them in my life I've been this is I'm into my 43rd year of walking with Jesus I was almost 18 three weeks before my 18th birthday Jesus came into my life and and I, I've been in church for almost 18 years in a denominational church and and I thought Faith was just for salvation, and, and I was, you know, hopefully barely scrub into heaven, but I didn't understand that, that faith is, is something that God gives you to be able to maneuver through a challenging world, in a fallen world, through the various problems that life brings. And faith gives you a confidence that regardless of what you face in life, you and God can overcome that thing. Is that good news or not? So I don't know about you, but it's set me free, helped me. It's set my life on a trajectory that regardless of what comes. So now, all these years later, seriously, every time a challenge comes, every time a problem comes, every time a difficulty arises, I don't care if it's my physical body, if it's financial, I don't care if it's circumstantial, relational. How many know Jesus is an answer? Amen. Jesus is a way the word will work. And you know, when you walk by faith, you say, Father, I don't know what other people are doing, but here's what I believe. I believe you can take me from here through this, and I'm going to be okay. Walking by faith is walking by faith in what God said, not faith in what your feelings tell you or the circumstances say, right? 
the adage the world has is, well, I believe it when I see it. God asks you to believe in what you can't see. I don't know how many times in my life I've not felt salvation. I've not, I've experienced it, but sometimes I don't, I feel lost as a goose sometimes. How about you? I feel unforgiven sometimes, right? But you know what? We walk by faith and not by feelings, right? So even for salvation, when I first came to Jesus, I prayed with the folk and they said, well, Jesus is your Lord. I said, he is. Well, I said, how do you know? And they took me to 1 John 5. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. That you have eternal life. He said, don't go by what you feel. That's, when I first came to Jesus, that's what they told me. Don't go by what you feel. You're born again. You're baptized with the Holy Spirit. You may not feel it. Lay your feelings to the side. Accept what God says about you. And you'll be better off. And you know what? I found that person, what he said to be true. Is that good? So it's a different way to live, Yes. We have the same problems everybody else in the office has. We have the same problems everybody in our family has. And sometimes you'll find out when you become a believer, how many know you'll have more problems? Seems like than you had before. Why? Because you're following the current of the world. You're following the God of this age. You're following the cultural moors. And when you turn around, it's like you're paddling your boat upstream. The stream's coming towards you. And you got to work a little bit hard and got to move a little bit. You just got to stay there and set your jaw. Say, I'm not going back. We're going forward. And sometimes that causes problems because you're countering everything you used to be in every way you used to live. But it's a good way to go. Huh? The easy way is usually not the right way. What did Jesus say? Wide is the path to destruction. But narrow is the gate and the way to life. Is it true? So which, way you, which boat you in? Which path are you on? You know, walking by faith, you know, it is a solution to the issues that life brings. But it's not necessarily an easy issue. Huh? Because again, to use that term again, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't come natural to believe in what you cannot see. Right? So the key to receiving by faith, today let's focus in on believe that you receive. So Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said this, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Now that's interesting, and you will have them. So he says you got to believe it before you have it. Now notice what he didn't say. He didn't say believe you have it. He said believe you receive it. That's different. Believe you receive it means you can't tangibly touch it. If you need finances for whatever, you can't touch it because it's not there yet. You need healing uh, like several years ago. I had uh, tinnitus, is that what you call it? Inflammation of the tendon here at your elbow. Tendonitis, there you go. Y'all know more than me. So, uh, and, you know, for months, I would stand up and hold my Bible or hold anything in my hand, and it hurt like crazy. So, and, but I believed I received. So while I believed I received, my faith's the gap stander. See, believe. I got, and what did I do? Well, I know. And see, when you're in faith, here's how it works. Every day you expect that to be today. That's the day it manifests. Do you get it? Now, I'm already getting off, but I need to go here. 
the year 2000, I hurt my left knee. I've been an avid jogger for 33 years. Now I cycle down the Noose River Trail. But when you do what I do with my body, sometimes you injure yourself, and I hurt my knee. And I hurt one of the ligaments in my knee really bad, and every time I moved it, it felt like a knife sticking me. And so I'm just, a, I'm just a rascal. And I said, well, Lord, I laid hands on my knee and said, Father, I ask you because Jesus took my infirmities, bare my sicknesses with his stripes, I'm healed. I ask you to heal my knee. Whatever I did wrong, forgive me, but I ask you to heal my knee. And that was like July 27th, the year 2000. And I laid hands on me and, and it felt worse. And so I said, well, what am I going to do if I believe I receive? I hadn't received yet because every time I move it, it hurt. So what am I going to do? Well, you know, I'm not going to tell you to do this because you may not have the convictions I had. But i tell you what I did. I went out and I jogged. And with every step, knife, knife, ouch, ouch, owe. And then I hear, man, they're going to have to cut that knee out, son, because you're going to mess it up so bad. But you know what? July, August. September and every day, every day. See, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. That means you don't have it yet, but you believe you got it. And so if you're in faith every day, every day I got up, I'm thinking, my mind saying, well, this, this is probably the day it manifests because I believe it's mine. It's mine. Every day. So, so July 27th, and you go all the way through August, September and every day is the same. Every day hurts. And I had scheduled a missions trip to, of all places, Siberia. True, true. Nivsnevartovsk, Siberia. And so, uh, you know, long plane rides there. And uh, so my mind kept saying, now, you know, what's going to happen? You're doing what you're doing. That, that knee's going to freeze up. And you're going to be walking like the peg leg man. And then when you sit down in the plane, your leg's not going to bend. And so I had these mental visions of me sitting on the plane, you know, in the sardine can you sit in and with your legs sticking out. Oh, somebody's got to come. Excuse me, let me move my leg. And, and I kept saying, no, no. And you know what I did? And now that's what, that's what the enemy wanted me to see. But I kept saying, Father, I thank you. Father, I just thank you. I believe I received. And y'all, no kidding. One week before I went, one week before, I got up one day and I put my feet on the floor. No pain. I said, well, look at I just walked around a little bit, walked up the step. Look at there, look at there. See, faith is for what you don't have, but God promised. And it's there to tell you it's yours until it manifests. Does that make sense? So I could use all kinds of illustrations here. Again, when you need something from the Lord, this is the principle that puts you in to the position to receive. It's always present or past, never future tense. Uh, so if you're just hoping one day that, that things will change, that hope's a poor receiver. It's a vision thing, yeah. And it's maybe a slight encouragement, but hope doesn't receive, faith does. And you've got to bring the hope from the future. Hope's always future and bring it to now. So here's four illustrations from the Bible on believing you receive. Uh, here's four examples. It's not in my notes whenever you find them. It's not exactly, I, I added a little bit yesterday. But here's four examples uh, from the Bible on believing you have something before you physically have it. 
So, so again, that's counterintuitive, but it's a totally scriptural thing. I never knew this prior, prior to coming to Jesus. Just before I was 18, nobody told me this principle. When I found this principle, I rode it like a horse. I rode it like I ride my bicycle down the Noose River Trail. I'm going to get this. Man, if that's true, that means every problem I have in life already has an answer. And me and Jesus are going to work together and we're going to be okay. How many hear me? So, so Genesis 17, 5. Notice what God said to Abraham. Genesis 17, 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For a father of, for I have made you a father of many nations. Abram was his name prior to God renaming him. And Abram means exalted father. Well, he was 75 years old. His wife hadn't got pregnant yet, you know, and she's 65. But God said, no, I'm changing your name today from Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, father of a multitude. Hey, and so every time he said his name, what's your name? Abraham, where are your kids? Well, I believe I receive. God said, I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have kids. And they're laughing at him because he's 75, he's 85, he's 90, he's 97, he's 98. But when he got to be 100, God fulfilled his promise. Romans 4, 17, as it's written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did now, you know, that's easier to say than do. Would you agree with that? You know, I've, I've, again, I could talk about physical issues because I've had plenty, like most people my age, and you weather the storm of that. And some things are harder to deal with than others. But, but faith calls those things that don't exist. That is, you don't have it as though you did have it. That's the same thing Jesus said when he said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. And you'll have. When God looked at Abraham, all those 25 years of believing for Isaac, the child of promise, every time he spoke to him, Abraham, you know what he was saying? You got babies, son. You got a child of promise, son. Abraham, Abraham. He said, yes, father. I'm more than an exalted father. I'm a daddy myself. He didn't have it yet. What did he do? He believed he received Romans 4, 18 against hope, against all hope. Abraham in hope believed and so became. See, in hope, he hoped that he would have a child because that was a big deal in the Middle East to have a baby is a big deal. And when you get old and you're barren, that's not good then, there in that culture. So in hope, he hoped to have one, but his faith grabbed his hope, said, mm, God said it, it's going to happen. Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old and, the, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Faith doesn't ignore facts. Faith looks at what? is happening but looks beyond it to the promise of God I noticed every day my knee was hurting I looked beyond the hurting knee to what God promised me believe you receive and you will have Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses verse 20 of Abraham it says yet he did not waver uh, through unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. 
Now, strong faith, here it is, right here in verse 20, gives glory to God. You say, well, pastor, then what do I do? It feels like, looks like, seems like the prayer is not answered. The finances aren't in the bank yet. My body still aches. The circumstance seems to be getting worse. What am I going to do? Do what Abraham did. When he looked at his body and looked at Sarah's weakened womb, shriveled up room, you know what he did? He looked at the promise of God and gave glory to God. That is, Father, thank you. Thank you. Psalm 106, 12. Then believe they his word and they sang his praise. I don't know how many times when I've been fighting in my life and you will fight to the fight of faith. I don't know how many times it looked like it ain't working. I mean, I got voices coming to my head saying it ain't working. I got other people saying, what's wrong with you all the time? And you keep having to say, well, you know, my body's telling me X, Y, Z, but the Bible says that God answers prayer and I believe I receive healing, I'm fine, thank you. Now that's hard to do when you're hurting or that's hard to do when the finances aren't there and the pressure's on and it's causing your blood pressure to go up because what you going to do, your back's against the wall. You know what you do? Do what Abraham did. He lifted his hands and gave glory to God. He praised God. And so you just say, Father, thank you for honoring your word. Thank you for doing what you said. Thank you for being so faithful to me. Thank you, thank you. You're so sweet. You're so wonderful. You're so kind. That's what you do when you're in faith if you're not in faith you say God what's wrong with you why isn't this happening when is this going to change what am I going to do am I going to fail that's the voice of unbelief but the voice of faith gives glory to God how many get it and so that's the faith principle believe you receive Jesus notice what Jesus said to God uh, about Lazarus John eleven forty one. so here's Lazarus and Lazarus had been dead for several days. They didn't do the embalming thing, so they stuck him in a cave. And uh, he's stinking. I've been, I know, if you've ever smelled a dead body, it's really bad. It's really bad. I could tell you stories bad. So they took away the stone. The disciples are holding their nose. They took away, away the uh, stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. What was Jesus doing? While he was praying, he believed he received while, while Lazarus' dead body is still stinking. And he said, roll the stone. They said, whoa, 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 he'd he be dead. He said, don't matter, roll the stone. Get it out of the way. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came out because God responds to faith. How many get it? Notice what Jesus said to, to what? Ten lepers. Watch there, I missed one. Notice what Jesus said to ten lepers. Luke 17, Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee, Samaria, entered a village there. Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them, and this is interesting. Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, what you don't know, the backstory is the law of Moses, Leviticus 14, the whole chapter is about what to do if you're healed of leprosy. You have to go present yourself to a priest and give, then give the priest a sacrificial offering. And those 32 verses in Leviticus 14 talk about that. So when Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests, they still had leprosy. But he said, go do the thing that lepers do when they're healed. They're not healed. He said, go do it. And notice what it says. 
as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And I don't know how many times when you walk by faith and the bills are staring you in the eyeballs and there is no natural way it's going to happen that this month has got started a church in 1988. And y'all, I mean, the people didn't want me to work. And I said, well, you know, I got a good strong body. I can make money. They said, well, boy, they didn't pay me much. And so while I was getting the church going, I was believing I received, Susan had child number three. While I'm believing I received, that would be Jessica, my third child, second daughter. And oh man, I'm believing for diapers to put on my baby's bottoms. I'm believing for beans to eat, just something to stick in my mouth. And I'm tallying up the bills and there are more bills. And I said, man. I don't have that in the checking account. I got to pay that. I'll be overdue. And I'm just a stickler about paying things on time. So you know what I did? As they went, they were here. I said, Father, thank you. I got up from my desk where my bills were there in 1988, 89. And I just kept saying, Father, thank you. You're faithful that promised. Thank you. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Lord, you had, you had the prophet was, was fed by a raven. You can have a dog have a brown bag in his mouth and have money in the bag from the street. I don't care. I'm doing what you call me to do. You want me to work? I'm ready to go to work but nonetheless I go open my while I'm doing that a period of time I walk to my mailbox I open the mailbox and, and get a check from a person that I've never received a dime from in my life since then or before then and it was more than enough to take care of that stack when you have stuff that happens like that, you understand why Jesus said as you I want you to go show yourself to the priests you get it? And as they went. So sometimes you got to get your butt off off the chair. Quit whining and complaining. And do what God said. And act like you have what God promised you have. Even if it's hard to do. And honestly that's some of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But you know some of the greatest testimonies. Great testimonies. Smith Wigglesworth said. Come out of great tests. I don't know what you might be facing today, but you'll have a great testimony if you'll do like these lepers as they went, as you go, as you trust, as you believe, as you step, as you expect, God will do what he said. How many got that? Then number four, here's, uh, I skipped one here. Oh yeah, uh, Joshua. Here's Joshua. They're, they're in the promised land. Moses has died. They're conquering city after city. city. Jericho, Jer- Joshua 6. Jericho was securely set up because, shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. And uh, Jericho had walls up and nobody could go out nobody could come in it wasn't theirs but God said it's yours and then God just said walk around that city like it's yours walk around that city seven days walk around that city walk around that city last day walk around that city and blow your trumpet and the stinking walls fell down but God said it's already yours so whatever you need today a job finances healing Doctor says it's chronic. All things are possible with God. They told this brother right here his son was going to die. 
Huh? And he died. He flatlined. But he's at his house today alive. Woo! Because he said, I'm not giving up. And I'm not quitting. And I'm not accepting that. Is that true? Believe you receive and you will have. Now I got to hurry. Listen to this. Just, y'all, everybody okay? Now listen, I just love different translations of scripture. I've got a bunch and you can find a boatload now. I mean just all kinds. Boatload. That's South Carolina for a lot. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty four. Amplify for this reason. I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe. Trust and be confident. I like that. That it's granted to you and you will get it. You, get, you got to think, I've sat back and just thought about this because faith doesn't believe that it's yours right now in manifestation. It believes you receive it. So that means you have an expectation. Right? I mean, what is a woman that's seven months pregnant? What is she? Expecting. expecting. <laughs> you're expecting something to happen. So you're pregnant with faith. What does that mean? You're, you're expecting. See? Now, now, let me tell you what this does with any area of life where you worry, fret, or fear. If you'll exercise faith in that area, it'll take the worry, fret, and fear away. And in the place of worry, fret, and fear, you've got faith, confidence, trust, and joy. And then if you just keep lifting your hands, sooner or later, what God promised will be yours. How many get it? Now listen to this. Here's a new century version, Mark eleven twenty four. So I tell you, to believe that you have received the things you ask for in prayer, God will give them to you. Here's God's word translation. It's literally God's word. That's what it says. That's why I tell you to have faith that you have already received. Whatever you pray for, and it will be yours. English Standard Version, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Complete Jewish Bible, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, trust that you are receiving it. See, I like that. It'll be yours. Then basic Bible in basic English, this reason I say to you, whatever you make a request for in prayer, have faith that it has been given to you, and you will have it. See, you got to believe it before you see it. Then you got as much as you can. Now, what you don't do if you're believing for money, don't go be writing rubber checks. And obviously, if you're using your debit card, that ain't going to work anyway. Right? So, you know, listen, I had a guy. Don't be like the past. I don't even want to tell you this. I was at another church many years ago. We had to sell some pews. We were upfitting the church, doing something new. We sold some old old pews. And a pastor wrote me a rubber check. True story. Yeah. He thought he was believing God. Well, we took it to the bank. There's nothing. There's nothing. That check stood for nothing. And we had to say, this is rubber. He said, I know. I said, we need to talk. You either talk to you or let's talk to the sheriff. He said, you can talk to me. And, you know, he repented, worked it out. Don't do that, right? Right? No, you believe and do as much as you can. Go as far as you can. For me, if I'm believing physically, if you're physically believing God and you're on medication, uh, I'm not going to tell you to stop taking the medication. Don't be stupid. What happens, you go back to the doctor if you're under the doctor's care and you keep saying and believing and speaking instead and you, he'll say, you know, you don't need that anymore. Stop taking that. Or let's, let's reduce that dose. 
Or, or like uh, some, one friend, I don't even tell you to do what they did. One guy, he just took a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less. Finally, the doctor said, well, that, that medicine's working. He said, well, I ain't been taking it for four months. I mean, you know. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying that do as much as you can with what you're believing God for. If you're in the middle of a, a grueling circumstance, trust God in the middle of it. How many hear what I'm saying? I got all kinds of illustrations through all my life when I was a young boy. Late teens, I guess. I might have been 19, maybe 20. I, 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 you know, a, a, a warts or a skin virus. And I got a wart, but then I looked down one day, I had 21. Now, nobody wants to shake hands with somebody that's got warts all over them. Hey, how you doing today? So I had these warts all over both of my hands. And then I got this compound W stuff. Then I had pokey dotted hands. So every time you look at me, it's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Mitch Horton. Pokey dot, Mitch Horton. All over me. 21, every one of them, you know, is it compound W, ward away? I don't know if they still have that. They had it then. And then I got a razor blade and tried to cut. Don't do that either. That's a bad, really bad idea. Bad, bad. So, you know, uh, so I said, you know what? This faith stuff, let's do this. So I prayed over my hands. I asked God to heal me of warts in Jesus' name. And I said, Father, I believe that I receive. And then the first thing my mind said, well, look and see if they're gone. I said, no, I'm not. I believe I receive. Faith takes the place of what I don't have until it shows up. So purposely, I stopped putting the white pokey dots on my hands with compound W. I did stop doing that. But I just, you know, every time I'm, I'm, you know, shaving, I'm washing my hands, you know, several times a day after you go to the bathroom, whatever, you know. I never looked at my hands. I, I refuse to look at my hands purposely. I never purposely looked at my hands. But you can tell doing stuff, well, they're still there. So, so I don't know how long it went. But all I can tell you is several weeks later, I'm shaving and I'm doing this and there's no wart right there. I said, well, look at that. Look at, look at that. And they all disappeared. Now, that was a big life lesson for me as a young man that God's word works. I had a big old rash right here on my neck. It almost looked like a hickey. It wasn't. Because I don't do that. Yeah, don't, you don't, don't ask what that is. But it was embarrassing to me because people are going like, what's on your neck there, bud? I said, shut up. Just leave me alone. But I did the same thing. I believed God and it was all red and scaly and nasty. And I did the same thing, and I purposely, as I'm shaving, I never would look. But one day I looked up, and it's just as nice as it is now. Isn't that cool? So physically, I'm, I'm looking for a fast forward, 1988. God called me to a small town in South Carolina to start a church. If you want to see what faith he got, start a church in a small town where everybody knows everybody and prejudices abound. You get it? In every way. Every possible way. Oh, my Lord. Whoa. And so I'm looking. So I started the church in my living room. We outgrew my living room. I'm looking for a building. And in this little small county, this county was one of the most depressed, financial, financially depressed counties in the state of South Carolina. And I was there. It had 21% at the time unemployment. Terrible. And so I'm believing God. And... Uh, and, you know, I said, Lord, I need, and there's no place. There is no place to rent, to hold meetings for a church because this just wasn't anything there. I kept looking, 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 got this realtor, said, I, I got to have a building. I need something. And, uh, and y'all, she took me to this place, that, but it's just rat holes. I don't know what to, it's nasty. And she took me to this one place. Y'all, I promise you, the ceiling 
was only six feet high. I'm 6'3". So I go in the front door and I'm doing like this. And I looked at her and I, all I said was, really? I mean, really? That told me what she thought about me. In other words, in my South Carolina colloquialism, go jump in the lake, you'll never find a place. And that was like, you know, okay, I just said, leave her alone. And you know what I said, Father, you know I need a building. I believe that I received it. In this city, there is somebody that wants to rent me a place to have church. And y'all, I stood my ground and I praised God. I did the Psalm 106, 12, then believed they his word. They sang his praise. I gave glory. Say, Father, thank you for my building. Thank you, thank you. And y'all, a doctor called me one day, several weeks later. A doctor called me, said, I hear you're looking for a building. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I've got an old belt building. He let me rent that building, 10,000 square feet. If you trust God, miracles happen. I rented that 10,000 square foot building. I ain't making this up, I promise. $500 a month. I said. God, you're just big. All I can say. You know, when you have stuff like that happen, how many know, you know, it just kind of boosts your wanting to trust God when things go south.